Welcome to Fix with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his friend Jig gives you sports betting tips. I am Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Thursday, March 3rd, 2022, and this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I have built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. And information along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games not covered in this episode is available in the Google Sheet linked in the show's description. A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, and C picks are the leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, I think that last statement just kind of summarizes yesterday for us, for the model, for us on our picks here. Uh, I don't think we've had a day this bad in a while. Uh, I mean, every once in a while, you just take one of the teeth. There's nothing you can do about it. And yesterday, I think you and I both just took one of the teeth. Yeah, that was that was rough. Um, I mean, I'm only human. Went one and seven. So that's, you know, I really got to apologize for those terrible picks on them because, man, that was that was bad. I did really bad, and I'm very sorry. Yeah, yep, I hear you. And and I think that for me, uh, personally, the frustrating thing is there were some bad luck losses that are really frustrating that wouldn't have changed the overall badness of the day. It just adds the insult to injury. You know, you had, had two clear unders that one of them in the Auburn game that we talked about on this podcast, and then um, a separate one just that I, that I had a normal pick on. Clear unders, not even close, go to overtime and go over. And uh, you have the things like that happen, and you're like, it was already a bad day. I didn't need extra bad luck, right? I needed some of the good luck to make it less bad. And so, man, it's just, it was just yesterday was piled on. Uh, but like I say, good and bad variants will occur. We'll occasionally have one that goes the other direction, and uh, we'll celebrate those when they happen. So hopefully we get more of that here to finish out the week. Yeah, the, the perfect summary was that Presbyterian Camel game where we're uh, split. Yeah. Yeah. I, had two, I had plus two and a half, you had minus three and a half, and Campbell wins by three. So we yeah. both lose. That's, yeah. just, that's just how yesterday went. That, exactly, exactly. Uh, before we get to today's slate reminder, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Subscribe or follow if you aren't yet. It's the only way to ensure you don't miss any content. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Drop a comment on Twitter or YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. Tonight, we're going to start off with Michigan State, Ohio State, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Ohio State is a five-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 138-and-a-half. I'm going to start us off hot here. I'm going to go with another double-double. I'm going to give you two picks here. I really like both of these. I've got, first off, Michigan State plus five-and-a-half as an A pick. I've got them as an A pick at plus five-and-a-half because of the uh, one book that I'm using. You know, again, not for my official picks, not shopping around. I encourage you to shop around. You can drastically improve how things go by doing that. But I don't want to just shop around myself and show profits via that uh, because not everybody – you shop around at five, 10 books, something like that. So just at the one book we have, it's plus five and a half minus 105. That makes it an A pick. Uh, also plus six would be an A pick. If not, it's still a B pick. I still like it. I think Michigan State is the right side. I think that's too many points. And I'm also going to play the over 138 and a half. The model thinks it should be 145. That is quite a discrepancy. As I mentioned yesterday, that giant discrepancy doesn't necessarily mean I would put you know, double or triple my wager size on it or something. I just think there's a solid edge there that I would want to capitalize on. Um, I think with regards to the game, um, which side to take, we talked about this a lot with the Big Ten. Uh, anytime you get these, you know, five, six, seven point spreads, I think just take points because who knows what's going to happen. The two teams are 
relatively equal and, and just put those points in your back pocket because you never know we're going to need them. They might win outright. If not, it might be close, right? So I think there's just a lot of value there. Um, and then with regards to the total, um, Ohio State's defense actually slightly below average, according to Ken Palm, which is surprising for a Big Ten team. Michigan State's offense is very good. Ohio State's offense is elite. This total should be much higher than it is. So I'm going to take Michigan State plus five and a half. I'm going to take over 138 and a half. I'm starting this off hot. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, I'm, I'm riding Michigan State with you here. I, I believe that the guard play is the difference in this game. Like Ohio State's lack of guard play, and that really came back to bite them in Nebraska. How One, they couldn't defend McGowns, who's a really good player, but they couldn't even get in his way to make him have to try. And if like, like Liddell had a great game, but nobody else showed up. So that on top of uh, Zed Key being questionable, uh, Michigan State has some very athletic big guys. They're not like real thick and strong big guys. They're they're just very long, lean, athletic, very quick. And I think that's going to give Hunter Dickinson all sorts of problems because he's not going to be able to outspeed him. He's going to have to outmuscle him, and that's not the strength of his game. Um, or <laughs> wow, I mean EJ Liddell, not Hunter Dickinson. That's wrong, wrong big guy. <laughs> yeah, wrong big guy in the Big Ten. There's too many of them. Uh, there are. <laughs> But I think Michigan, the way Michigan State shoots the ball from three, um, they're starting to get some really big uh, contributions out of their role players. I, I think Izzo has them going the right way, and they're on a roll right now. I think they at least cover this, and they have a good chance to go in and get a win. And you mentioned that in Nebraska. I was just trying to look back at when that was. I had forgotten about that until you said that. That was that was Tuesday. I mean, that was two days ago. And I, I was you said I was like, oh, yeah, it was like the last time we both liked Ohio State. And they just laid an egg, and and I've talked about this in the past. My numbers are not built to overreact to a situation, so this is not an overreaction of just that one game. It's just adding in that one game and saying there's there's value here on Michigan State, and and I think that's an interesting thought there. You know, if that game had happened on Saturday, and now it's Thursday, they've got a lot of time in practice to maybe you know get some get some kinks ironed out or something. I mean, that was Tuesday. Like, what what kind of adjustments are you going to make with one? One day you're not even going to practice hard. If if you play Tuesday Thursday, you're not doing a real practice on Wednesday, right? You maybe do a walkthrough or something. But especially this time of year, where you're right, like, you're already locked into the tournament. At least Ohio State is. You've got the Big Ten tournament coming up. You're a lot of games. Yeah, so you're just trying to buy, get get through healthy because I, I bet unless Zed Key is really good to go, I, I bet he sits because um, you don't want to risk it later on you don't want to make it worse or extend an injury that shouldn't be there in a a really meaningless type game yeah yeah and and they're not the only team there's a lot of teams we're talking about today who are in this weird boat from some of the COVID cancellations earlier in the year who are now playing three games in their final week right before conference tournaments and that's going to create some for some interesting storylines here about you know who sits especially if you guys are a little injured do they try to get the benches more in it um, so a lot of interesting things to watch out for. And this next game is, is another example of that. TCU is traveling to Kansas. These two teams also just played earlier this week. TCU had a giant win on Tuesday at home, really solidifying them making the tournament. Uh, they probably had it solidified after Saturday, but that win on Tuesday for sure does it. Uh, now they've got the rematch here uh, two nights later. Kansas is a 10.5-point home favorite, total of 143 and a half. And I'm taking a B pick on Kansas minus 10 and a half. Um, I didn't take Kansas last game. I took the under and that one. So it's not like I'm just blindly backing Kansas in these spots here. I didn't think there was value on Kansas 
on Tuesday. Now, I didn't think they would necessarily lose the way they did, but I just think there was any value with that number. I think there's value with this number here. Uh, Kansas tends to run away at home, and that's not built into the model. I don't have an extra thing in there. I'm just I'm looking at what the model is now. I'm adding what I've seen, especially as someone who's watched a lot of Big 12 basketball over the years. Uh, they tend to they tend to just pour it on there, and so I think this is a situation where uh, they get up. You've got the revenge spot. I think Kansas runs away with this one. Don't be fooled about that last game. That's just one game. I trust Bill Self to make adjustments. What about you, Jake? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same boat. I, th- I think this one gets pretty nasty pretty quick. Um, I, I don't think Kansas drop, lays another egg. I don't. I don't think they they didn't look awake that game, and I think that was a good wake up call after dropping to Baylor, dropping two in a row. They, they're not going to want to drop three in a row. They're definitely not going to do it at home. Uh, Remy Martin still like recovering from the injury, so maybe he's a little better now. Abaji's not going to have another terrible game like that, um, especially at home. You're going to have the like lesser players, like the role players, they're going to step up more, be able to sleep in their own bed, kind of deal, see their girlfriends, whatever. They're, you know, like they're going to be, they're going to feel more at home. They're going to be more relaxed. They're, it's just going to be a overall different style game. I don't think T- TCU's offense isn't good enough to like keep up when uh, when Kansas gets going. Their defense is really good, but I just I don't think they've got enough offensive firepower to keep this one close. Yeah. Um... And you talked about Kansas sleepwalking through that game. And, and I only watched the second half. I was watching other things. I tend to, it's hard for me to watch a lot of first halves other than the other spot because I'm trying to watch you know, so many things, right? And and so I, I did watch the second half of that game. And, and I don't know necessarily exactly how they got into the whole, I can't necessarily give you the whole narrative, but I will say to your point about them sleepwalking, what I noticed was at the end of the game, when you're in that let's score quick and foul type situation, Kansas had already just nailed it in. And I don't know if that had, had happened early in the game, but I remember a possession where, it's not over. It's like a five-point game or something with about a minute left. They've got the ball, and the guy just dribbles up and just jacks up a three, a horrible three. Like, not even trying to take, like, five seconds to get a good look or drive to the hole. It just launches one up, and I'm like, man, you look like – you. they just look like they didn't care at that point. They'd already phoned it in. So I don't, I don't know if that had happened uh, earlier in the game or what. But, yeah, you expect that not to happen here after losing, coming back home. It should give a more spirited effort. Moving on to the 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central time slot. There's one really fascinating game here to watch, Iowa at Michigan. Michigan is a slight one-and-a-half point favorite. The model thinks this should be a pick so I've got a B-pick on Iowa taking the point-and-a-half. I think it's pretty equivalent with money line as long as you're in plus-odds territory here. Uh, model's 4-0 fading Michigan. Uh, I think it's a coin toss game. Uh, Iowa is clearly the better team going on the road. Cancels that out a little bit. I like in these coin toss games, I like having the team with the best player. Keegan Murray's the best player on the court. And so I think that's, uh, I think it's kind of as simple as that. Uh, Jake, what's your, what's your take? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Iowa. It took a massive, absolutely massive game out of uh, Diabate, Busa Diabate last time for Michigan to win by five. The guy averages eight points and went for 28 and missed, I think, two shots the entire game. That's not repeatable. Michigan's also on this fun run of win one, lose one. So they won their last one. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and Don't ever think it sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't, it's not like you need them to lose by a bunch here to, for Iowa to cover. Or Iowa, Iowa's got points. Um, but like Iowa is a very, very good offensive team. Defense is bad, but not as bad as people expect. Like, talk about it's just kind of like the narrative carrying over from last year how bad they were defensively um 
they also, in that previous matchup, had a terrible shooting night, shot 20% from uh, beyond the arc when they averaged cl- up close to 38. Um, so I don't think that re- it's repeatable. I, I think they're going to shoot better. I think uh, Bohan- or, yeah, Bohannon is going to show up and actually shoot shoot the ball a little bit. I think he made one three last time. I don't think that happens. Uh, Murray had his normal good game, and I don't think Michigan has a guy in there to that can get in his way. And Hunter Dickinson isn't really that great of a rim protector. So it's not that scary to drive in against him. And I really think that's the difference is there's not a true rim protector for Michigan and Keegan Murray is going to be able to get what he, whatever he wants. And then they're going to hit a few more threes and that total, that game totally flips. Right. And you mentioned Iowa's defense, them and Michigan, both slightly below average. So again, not bad defenses for either one. I think Iowa's the anti-Virginia, right? Iowa plays so fast their defense isn't great, but they play so fast, it makes their defense appear worse. Virginia, on the other hand, plays so slow, it makes their defense look better, right? This, not, this Virginia team is not – and they're starting to play a little better lately, of course, but they're not that same defense that, you know, playing slow plus their great defense could hold a team down to, like, some ridiculous total, like 35 points in a game or something. That's not this Virginia team. And the same thing with Iowa. It's not the same bad defense. It's just they play really fast, and they have such a great offense. The score is just – you know, get get out of hand, which is why the total is so high in this game here. Um, I've been playing a lot of the Iowa overs. I don't think at this number, I don't think it's a bad play necessarily, but mathematically, I don't have a huge edge there. I think Iowa's the side I'd rather have than the total on this one, which takes us to the late slot, 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central, Fresno State at San Diego State. I'm going to take the under. This is a low number here, 116. The model thinks it should be about 114 and a half. I'm going to go back to the well with the San Diego State under. They are an incredible defensive team. We all know that. And here's the thing is that I tried the under earlier in the week when they played Wyoming. That first half really just blew things out of, out of proportion. The second half was more like we thought the second half, which usually has more points in the first half, had 58 points. And that was with the, against a Wyoming team who Wyoming and Fresno are pretty similar in their offensive efficiency. Both teams are good offenses, but Wyoming plays at a close to average pace. Fresno wants to grind this game to a pulse, like, 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 like to a pulse. Like they, they just want to slow this thing down as much as possible. And so I think this is a, as low as the number is, I think this is a perfect recipe for an under. I think we're going to see a TV timeout to TV timeout spell where there's a grand total of five points, maybe twice even in this game, because it's so hard to score at San Diego State. And Fresno is going to take every literal second on the shot clock, nine out of 10 possessions. There's just not enough possessions for there to be that many points. And so this is one where, again, my, my model is built to kind of regress to the mean a little bit. So if it says over a large number, under a low number, it's seeing something there and saying, look, y'all just haven't adjusted enough. I think this is going to be a late night, boring game. But I think you can make some money taking that under. Jake, with regards to the side, San Diego State is an eight-point favorite. Can they cover that number at home? Yeah, I think they do. They won the last one by 17 on the road. Um, and I, I believe that came in under the – it was really close to this number. Uh, I think it was like 67-48. So it's right right around this number. Um, but they're very similar teams in how they want to play. Uh, it's just San Diego State's better at – Every, at every level. I mean, typically you like to lean lean to the best player on the floor, which I think is Orlando Robinson for Fresno State, but he's just – he has not got enough help here, and it's the way San Diego State plays defense is unreal. I was going like, to say, exactly. It's, 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 you talk about the best player on the floor, but that 
kind of has an exception when you have no help against potentially the best defense in the country. Yeah, and it's it's nuts. Like it's gonna they're gonna contain him just enough. Um, plus, Fresno State's not playing great last night. Right now, they're two and three in their last five, but the two wins have come against the bottom of the Mountain West with the Air Force and New Mexico. So it's not it's not like they're on a high roll here. Um, so I'm pretty sure I'm very confident in the San Diego State pick. This is one of my favorite plays of the night just because of how great this defense is. And then Matt Bradley seems to be playing well. Like right now he's got it going. He scored over uh, over 15 and three of the last four. He had 30 the last time out. And then when, when they beat uh, Fresno State by 17, he had two points. So the release score scores only scores two, and then they still win by 17. So I think, I think San Diego State's got this one. Yeah, that last game was 61-44, and that seems about right. I mean, maybe maybe a few more points. That was a little bit on the lower scoring side, but I feel like we're going to be right in that same kind of uh, ballpark here tonight. And that takes us to our solo Jake segment. You took a loss here last night, uh, finally almost, a 14-3-1 all-time in the segment. Still an incredible record. I feel like you could lose out and still be a good record. Obviously, we're going to hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> but we've got one here for you, a little under-the-radar game on a Thursday night. A lot of conference tournaments happening, uh, so not as many exciting games. One that you might be interested in to tune into here should be a tight one, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Central Florida at Tulane. It's a pick them, so you just have to pick who wins in this matchup. Yeah, I, I like Tulane here. They lost by two on the road, so I think that, that helps when you come back home. They're At every offensive metric, they are a good ways ahead of UCF. And then on the defensive side, UCF has a better defensive efficiency, but Tulane forces more turnovers, so it, like I think when Tulane at home gets to control the pace a little bit more, they're going to force the little turnovers. And like UCF has a hard time at the end of games. We saw this in the Houston game and that a couple weeks ago, and a few other ones where they they're not quite sure who is going to do what. It seems like at the end of the game, and then they force something, and that leads to a turnover. We only need that to happen a couple times for Tulane to win, win this game. And that way we can run to the window. But and Tulane is a great three point shooting team. Um, they shoot thirty eight percent on the year from beyond the arc, and they've been playing. They start don't let their don't let their record fool you. They started off rough, but coming into conference play, they've been really good. They've been up there. So this is a very important game for both teams because this could be the difference between fourth and sixth place. And that's an extra day off, and not having to run run up against as many te- many good teams because uh, in the conference tournament with a better chance to make it because neither team's getting an at large bid. Yeah, and like you said, uh, UCF struggling at the end of games. It's probably reflected in the fact that they've been just a disappointing team kind of all season based off their expectations. Tulane's been a, a, a an overachieving team, and so it sounds like you're looking for that to continue there tonight in that game which takes us to the overtime a plays uh for the week this segment four and five still a few games over 500 on the season here i've got four of them for you first off central arkansas at 6 p.m plus 12 at jacksonville this one pains me i have been eight and one backing jacksonville uh but this is just too many points i think jacksonville wins by 10 no need for central arkansas to foul when they're down 10 late 
Central Arkansas wants to go fast, but Jacksonville will slow down the pace, and that makes it harder for them to cover such a big number. A lot of times when I've done well backing Jacksonville, it's been when they've been favored by three, when they've been favored by five, something of that nature like that. But they're going to have to let Central Arkansas control the pace, I think, for this game to get outside this number. And I don't see that happening. I think see them slowing it down. Nice, comfortable, easy win, but 12 is just too many points there. So I'm taking Central Arkansas and all of those points. Also at 6 p.m. Central, I've got Oakland plus four at Wright State. I have to assume this line is a combination of Wright State being good last year, but they're not that good this year. And Oakland, who just did not give a darn against IUPUI. Um, if you saw that game against IUPUI with only five players, Oakland, you know, they get up 10 and then it would drop to four. They got up 14, it would drop to eight. They got up 18 and let them go back to 10. I mean, Oakland clearly knew they were playing against a team of five players, wasn't really trying. So I think that's kind of built into this number here. I think there's value at four. I think these teams are pretty equal. And so getting four, even though it's on the road, I think is a smart investment. 8 p.m. Central, Rice plus seven and a half at UTEP. Rice cannot play defense, but their offense, I think, is good enough to hang in there here. And then my A-plus play of the day, uh, 18, 13, and one all time here. 9 p.m. Central, so a late start here. Hawaii getting seven and a half points at UC Santa Barbara. I'm eight no fading the Gauchos. We got Hawaii in this spot Saturday. Let's do it again. Yeah, I really like this Oakland pick. I I think they're overreacted to the IUPUI game, and the line just kind of went weird on them. So I'm pretty sure Oakland. Oh, I think Oakland wins the game to be honest, but I'll take the plus four. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. All right, and so that takes us to our buzzer beaters. I've got two for you here. The best B-side, all-time 17 and 15 here. I'm going to go 730 Central, Jackson State. I've been riding them a lot lately. I see no reason to get off that train here. I'm laying 10 points against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Jackson State won by 13 on the road earlier in the year. Arkansas Pine Bluff did underperform a little bit on the three-point shooting in that game, but even if they'd have made a couple more, they still don't come close at home now that this is at Jackson State. I think they can win easily. They are a much better team. Six and two backing Jackson State and six and three fading Arkansas Pine Bluff. So I like Jackson State to run away with that one. And then some afternoon delight. This is the early one here. I'm going with the 11.30 a.m. Central tip, 12.30 Eastern, UT Arlington versus Louisiana. I'm going to take over 135 and a half. Both teams have average offenses, but below average defenses. I think this game gets into the 140, so 135 and a half is a steal. Jake, what are your buzzer beaters? I'm going with Southern, minus four against this Alabama State team. Southern's just the better team. They're simple as that. And I like Coastal Carolina, minus six versus Georgia Southern. Um, Coastal's the better team, and they've been good to me all year. So I think that trend continues. I think they cover fairly easy. All right, that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder, check out that Google Sheet for picks and totals on all of today's games not covered in today's show. If you haven't until yet, click that subscribe button. We'll get you a new episode every weekday and it's Saturdays during the college basketball season dropped right into your feed. The next two days, the podcast should drop a little bit earlier. So if you're interested in that, you can get that earlier in the morning. Uh, if not, then you can just watch it at whatever time you normally do. We will see you tomorrow. Until then, remember... You can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.